We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is a dead giveaway that Jed's producing. <laughs> is this uh, is this Grateful Dead? That is the Grateful Dead. That's Jed Marshall. Mm-hmm. I'm Nick Schwart. Dusty I, Likens. I'm Nick Schwart. And I'm Dusty Likens. And yeah. this is Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. It's doobie hour, man. Bigley came prepared, man. We got the Grateful Dead. He brought us donut sticks for about another 20 minutes for it to kick in. And uh, we got some water to cure the cotton mouth. We're good to go, man. Welcome to Missouri. Jay Binkley. Gentlemen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, man. God, how many Bink? times do you do this? Bink. There we go. There now, you go. You these things are all messed up, man. Turn no, that over off so we don't get fired Wait a minute. The commercial Wait a minute. Break. No, they're not messed up. You are clearly talking into mic number four. Yeah, well. And you press the button. Details, Nick. That details. mic number three on it. Who cares about details, man? Maybe Who cares? Just, I'm talking now. Maybe that's just your gimmick. So. <laughs> I like to screw up. Gimmicky, gimmicky sports radio host, Jay yes, Binkley, right. joining uh, us in studio right. to talk NFL draft. The combine one week from today. Mm. In Indianapolis. Have the planets ever aligned up like this for you? Super Bowl, well, parade, draft? <laughs> except, except there'll be interviews and stuff like this. The yeah. on-field workouts don't start till at, uh, right. at Thursday. Do but you, we don't have it in primetime this year, remember? Because the guys didn't like it. They, like, they sit there and wait all day long for it. Was it in primetime when Chris Jones had his deal? No, no. Okay. That was, that was uh, not in prime time when he uh, had the uh, wardrobe That's the malfunction. only time I watched the NFL Combine with my girlfriend, and it was the last time I watched really? it. Yeah. Interesting. Signal now. Um, Binkley, I want to ask you this question right off the shoot, because we've been talking today about, because today's tag day, right? Um, Orlando Brown obviously is the big one. Juju Smith-Schuster has, man, you know Binkley's ready to go when you hear the cop, the top of the chew can go out. Like, that's his, <laughs> like, dead giveaway. Like, if Bigley ever played poker, if he puts a dip in, monster hand. Uh, but anyways, so franchise tag day today. You do think the Chiefs do the obvious, and it goes to it goes to 57 on the left side? I think they probably will, but they'll they'll do it as close to March 7th as they can. That's kind right. of when that window closes. So all these teams kind of position themselves and talk to players. Hey, you're going to be tagged. You're not. And then when you get closer to March 7th, usually you're in the third or fourth, although teams are a little bit busy at this point because they're <laughs> At the combine doing their work, but the window closes on the seventh. But yeah, I do expect it because in the draft, it's not really there in the first round. Yeah, you know, everybody always right. oh, just go out and draft the tackle. That's what you said two years ago when they brought in Orlando Brown. Yeah. Not you, but it's what they said. Sure, yeah. And they wanted Sam Cosby and Liam Eisenberg and Alex Leatherwood and all this. All of them removed the guards, and Alex Leatherwood's not even in the league anymore. Right. That was the Chiefs' choices at the end of the first round. That's why they had to go out and make a deal for Orlando Brown. Thank you, Baltimore Ravens. That made the deal to a rival. <laughs> and by the way, thank you, yeah. Buffalo Bills, that on draft night of uh, yeah. 2017 gave us Patrick Mahomes, which is funny that the rivals of the Chiefs are the ones that help them the most. It's great, isn't it? Keep um, your friends close and your enemies closer. Okay, so let's start right there then. Because I'm going to ask you basically two questions at once. Do you feel like offensive tackle is a position of need for the Chiefs in their first round? I think so. I mean, you have a situation here with Orlando Brown and Andrew White. No, no, see, not, not first round. I forgot you threw it. First round. Okay, no, so no. not first round. I would not do it in the first round. Ta- 
really, when you look at these draft rankings and the position groups, unfortunately, offensive tackle is way down the list. Interior offensive linemen, different story. Don't need that. Interior <laughs> offensive linemen are better than the outside tackles at this point. Unless you're trading down to get Peter Skronsky, somebody like that, or Braddock Jones from Georgia. Unless you're moving down to about 12 or 13, maybe in ahead of that mm-hmm. uh, for Pete. If you're, if you're going down that far, maybe so. But I do feel, which, by the way, wide receiver is not exactly as good as it's been. And it probably behind the running back class this year, to be honest with you. But the chances of the Chiefs getting a quality wide receiver, if they don't trade up, is far greater than if they – but they who knows? They may trade up. They love to trade up. It's going to be yeah. in Kansas City. They love to trade up. But I feel it should be still wide receiver. Unfortunately, wide receiver and offensive linemen aren't as good a classes as they've been in the past. When I say offensive linemen, I mean tackles, not guards and centers. Uh, but Wiley is going to – he'll be back with the Chiefs. Yeah. I have no question about that, and I think Orlando Brown gets tagged. And the Chiefs don't want to have to worry about offensive linemen because there's not a bunch of left tackles out there. Mm-hmm. And in the draft – you're not going to get one in the first round unless you jump up real early. But tagging Orlando Brown Jr. is still not a long-term solution there. Stop. And if you think there is a chance that you're not going to reach a long-term deal with him, does that not move left tackle up your list of priorities in this draft? You start looking forward to the future. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you, if you grab one and you do decide to still stay put, take one, have a year of development, kind of redshirting, uh, that lineman, and you feel comfortable with that, that, all right, this guy's going to be ready with the year of grooming. Mm-hmm. We'll keep him behind because they've done this before. Eric Fisher did this behind Eric, Brandon Albert. You know, yeah. They got in draft Eric oh, Fisher, yeah. and Brandon Albert kind of imparts everything he knows on him. They've done it before. If that's what they want to do, I think there's uh, I think there's more pressing needs for the Chiefs than to where right now their line would be fine because Andrew Wiley, they have the money to pay that, and Orlando Brown, they could tag and be fine this year with the offensive line. Do you think that right tackle could become more of a – sought after position because we see this a lot on Twitter and a lot in NFL shows. And even on the text line starts to notice that that pass rushers are starting to move to that side. Do you think that like, yeah, there's 100%. a chance you fought that Brett, cause you know, Brett V just done his homework. He's been doing his homework as long as you longer than you. And you do it longer than anyone. hundred percent pass rushers move right. across the defensive line. So they don't why, stay on one side or the other. Why wouldn't you almost like look at Orlando Brown and be like, Hey man, like you're not going to be a top, you know, five, six, seven paid left tackle, but you could be a top paid right tackle, which not as much, but that's his natural position, correct? Yeah, they, they move them all around. It's not like defenders go, oh, all yeah. right, we're going to put our best pass rusher on your best tackle. That's what we're going to do. Right. No, they create mismatches by playing them on your not so great. But yeah, right tackle is becoming yeah, just as important as left tackle. It's not seen that way, but the, again, NFL defensive coordinators aren't putting their best pass rushers against best off. They're looking for the mismatch. Whether it's interior, outside, they look for the mismatch and play them there. The other thing I think it's interesting is that do you necessarily need, with Patrick Mahomes' youth and style of play right now, now I do believe that it will change when he's over the age of 30. Hell, today I sneeze and pull something in my back. I'm serious. And I think when Patrick Mahomes gets past the age of 30, then I think left tackle is a little bit more of a severe position to look at because it – we brought this up earlier. You look at the top left tackles in the game. They're not protecting anybody really serious. It's it's guys that they have to protect. Trent Williams, Jimmy Garoppolo, slash every quarterback in that offense got hurt this year. Uh, Bakhtiari's, you know, he has to be there for Rodgers. Best Rogers beer chugger in the NFL, too, correct. by the way. Um, and then you look at uh, Laramie Tunzel. He's blocking for a guy in Houston that is, you know, Davis Mills and now will be a rookie quarterback. Right, young. Patrick Mahomes, maybe, who your boy McShay said is the next coming of Patrick Mahomes. So we there already, you go. That's, already, that's, yeah. that's whoa, whoa, whoa. That's Todd, 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 Todd. That's every year we get it now. So 
my question to you is, do you necessarily right now for the next three years while you're trying to maybe build a top five defense seriously, do you need a top five left tackle with the way Mahomes plays? I think you have to do whatever you, you can to protect Mahomes. He's he's the uh, the best player in the National Football League. Um, he's the best quarterback, of course, this franchise has ever seen. And you're paying him mm-hmm. half a billion half a billion dollars, and you want to protect him at all costs. His, you know, being concerned with him, and he did have to be forced to be staying in the pocket a little bit more with his ankle. And you know what? The line stepped up. Yeah, they stepped up and did a great great job. On the I kept biggest about stage, the whole, there is the whole seventy sacks the Eagles had, which that, that is impressive. It was like fourth all time. Do in you the NFL. want one of those shirts that says zero oh, sacks allowed? I want one, but Somebody zero sacks allowed. They they stepped up for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. in a big way. But you're right; he gets out of the pocket a lot and. It's hard to block for sometimes because he gets out, but I'm shocked that the ground game, which I think we're starting to see it a little more uh, come to fruition because Orlando Brown comes from a, a road-grading offensive line in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They set the NFL record for rushing yards uh, when he was playing right tackle right. Uh, with the Ravens. Talking to Jay Binkley here on 610 Sports Radio. Okay, so last year's draft, A-plus by Brett Veach, right? With all the starters that you got, all the contributors from day one, contributors in the Super Bowl and the playoff run, how does that affect his ability to maybe take some bigger swings this time around with even more draft picks this year. He can and he will. And Brett Veach, I think when you look at the people with the Chiefs organization, uh, players, coaches, and everything else, he's the most underrated guy at one arrowhead drive. You can't find another general manager that has 21 of 22 players still on the roster from the last three drafts. He had four guys in that secondary playing in the Super Bowl, and Josh Williams and Brian Cook and, and McDuffie. He had these guys and, J- and Jalen Watson. That's four guys against you know AJ Brown and company and the Philadelphia Eagles, and the and the guy that ran up for MVP, Jalen Hurts. Those are four rookies out there, and they weren't first rounders too, except for McDuffie. He had two. He had a seventh rounder in Jalen Watson, a fourth rounder in Joshua Williams. They didn't have the the best, the best. But we have twenty two. We wanted twenty two, and I say that because I included McCole Hardman. Uh, who was hurt, but he technically was on the Chiefs roster at that point. But three straight years of drafting impact players, that's unheard of in the National Football League. You'll not find another general manager that can say they've got three straight years of uh, all but one draft pick on the roster. But when you pay Mahomes, and Albert Breer had a great article a couple weeks ago on Monday Morning Quarterback about Brent Tellis, who does the cap over at Arrowhead, and Brent Veach, how they sat down and thought, okay, we think this guy's going to be an MVP. We, we, we like this guy's group. Before Mahomes had even taken a snap, they start, you know, the groundwork going for how they're going to pay Patrick Mahomes. And that's how you create a dynasty, is, is when you figure out a way to keep your quarterback and then still be good when you have all your eggs in one basket. You know, with Patrick Mahomes taking up 17% of the cap, you're paying Kelsey and Jones. This is what the Colts did with Peyton Manning. They found a way just to pay a few guys, and then it was ancillary guys. You know, you had Freeney on defense, and they, they paid uh, Marvin Harrison, Reg, and Reggie Wayne, and Peyton. But that's what the Chiefs are doing, too, because you've got to find a way to get the cheap contracts that contribute to the organization uh, like the Chiefs. What, what they did this year was absolutely incredible uh, when you think about they had to have players from the draft play for this. And they had to go out and get a Jerry McKinnon for league minimum on June 14th last year. That's how you win. Okay, so two years ago, the offensive line defined the offseason, revamping that line after the loss to Tampa Bay. Last year, it was about the offensive weapons, right? You lose Tyree Kill, the evolution of Mahomes. How is this offense going to look in this next chapter of the Mahomes era? What is going to define this offseason for Kansas City? Young talent. Just continuing to get young. What, only three three teams in the NFL um, were younger than the Chiefs as far as playing rookies? 
And as Brett Veach told Pat McAfee, on the, they're picking one and two. <laughs> the Bears, the Texans, as far as who played more rookies than the Chiefs. It's incredible, but it's the youth movement. It's just finding guys, putting them on here, just showing that really no one guy is more important than the rest. They proved that with Tyree Kill, the, the team concept uh-huh. of the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the culture that they have, the culture that they buy into, what Andy Reid you know, teaches them. Camp Pat down in Texas taking the wide receivers and spending the first OTAs down in Texas. They created a team, and that's what everybody's trying to strive to do is create that uh, team atmosphere and culture. And I'll say this. People are saying, okay, the Eagles are going to be the next dynasty. Well, here's the problem with the Eagles. Lost their offensive coordinator, lost their defensive coordinator, and they haven't paid Jalen Hurts yet. Like, And then Joe Burrow hadn't gotten money. Justin Herbert's not money. Okay, pay those players and then talk to me. If you don't take a step back when you pay those quarterbacks, talk to me then. Think about the Chiefs. They paid Mahomes, and they've been great since. That is hard to do. You think they go wide receiver this draft? You think they're going to trade up for sure? Also, Pete Sweeney, your uh, your son. Author Pete Sweeney. Yes, author. I'm still waiting for my copy. You know what? You know what's crazy about Pete? Mm-hmm. He wrote that book mm-hmm. and bet on himself. He was not going to release that book if they lost that Super Bowl. Because really? it wouldn't make he wrote he spent all that time carrying that laptop around the dates and it, to the bathroom and everywhere else he took that laptop. He bet on himself. He wrote all those pages and had the Chiefs lost that game. No book. That, hey, that's insane. You weren't going to release your mock draft when you bet on the Chiefs drafting Patrick Mahomes. Look at mm-hmm. us now. Um, you got think, a lot of kickback on that, too. That's right. You think they, uh, yeah, well, you know, I did. Everybody I loves know. him now, but people didn't love him back I, then, Dusty. I'm if not, I could kept I all those messages. I wish. Um, you think they draft receiver. Pete Sweeney thinks Juju takes a, a team-friendly city discount. What do you think? Why would he? He's done it the last two years, and he's got a ring. Right. He did it last year with Pittsburgh, did it this year with the Kansas City Chiefs. The wide receiver, he has one year to cash in. Mm-hmm. One year to get that bag at 26 years old still. Listen, he's going he's to look for offers. There's not a lot out there. He's probably the second or third best receiver on the free agent market as we sit right now. So it's going to be tough to bring him back. So the whole pie in the sky of team-friendly deal, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. He likes being here. He likes the, being with Pat, and he likes with Andy, and he likes this team. But he's got the ring. He didn't have the bag yet. And with Christian Kirk getting all that money last year yeah. in Jacksonville, and their, and their career stats are very similar between those guys. And Juju would be commanding on the open market. I wouldn't overpay him. Right. Because look, look at what they beat the Bengals with. No Justin Watson. He was even ill that game. They had Jody Forts and Noah Gray out running wide receiver routes. Yeah. And they still won. Which player moves first in your mind? Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, or Derek Carr? Aaron. I think Aaron uh, will get moved. Going to Vegas? I think so. I think Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams in uh, Vegas. Do they have the money? No. So then how does he go to Vegas? <laughs> we'll figure out a way. Yeah, NFL teams figure out a way. They don't even have enough money to pay out McDaniels. Yeah, they can't fire him. I know. Isn't that great? Because their owner's only value is... Unless they start playing craps or something, you know? In Vegas, I mean... Well, technically, you don't want to do that because Cal Ridley, we know what happened. How big of a joke is that? that They moved to Sin City. Everybody wants to go to those games. And they have no money? And sees all those people want to send the high rollers to those games. Isn't that the definition of Vegas? You move to Vegas and you don't have any money? Look at the Golden Knights. Look how good they've been in the NHL. They were in the Stanley Cup the first year. All right. They didn't deserve that, though. That's that's so... They did deserve that. That's so BS. Check check Golden Knights off your bingo board if you're you're, uh, keeping score at home. Bink, I'm going to limit you to one answer on this question, okay? That's not fair. No, it is fair. You don't even know the question yet. You don't even know the question yet. Who is your... First, this is the first time on the airwaves in the off season that you're get, you're doing this. Who is your number one Chiefs draft crush? 
for right. 2023. You will reveal it now or reveal it on our Character Concerns podcast. Oh, whoa. Which, which by the way, uh, speaking of that, uh, we've got uh, some coming up for uh, a draft podcast each and every week. One Nick Schwartz and uh, Uno Cero and I. Okay, so I guess. But you know what? Since this is on the air, I'll tell my you. My pants are tight Wait. now because those are two hardcore teases. So now you got, first off. I don't you even know if I can just, eat this donut dip, stick. You can't dip your toes in and not go all in. I think you just. He went full cannibal. All right, you want the answer? Jalen Hyatt. There you go. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee. Absolutely. Had one of the Bolitnikoff most. winning Had Jaylen one of Hyatt. the most incredible months I've ever seen a college wide receiver have. In years, Cedric Tumble was supposed to be the guy. He gets hurt. He was supposed to be the first round guy to go. And then Jalen Hyatt steps up and all that speed he possesses. Can the Catches Chiefs get everything him? The Chiefs can't get him at 31, right? I don't think so. Most He keeps moving. Now, here's the problem with, the, with Mox right now. Is guys change once they go to the combine? Once he goes and blazes like a four two nine four three zero top ten pick, he's going way up. But yeah. right now, I see him not even the first round in some mocks, like early second. I've seen him anywhere from 28, 26, 24, 20. But once he goes to the combine, that's going to go way up. Here, what, like Christian Watson, <laughs> Christian Watson went on anybody's radar. He goes to the combine, runs four three seven at six foot four, and everybody's like, "Whoa, you want a Christian Watson?" Hell yeah, dude, that was my draft crush last <laughs> Here year. Is yeah. a, this is a five game stretch for Jalen Hyatt this year, from the beginning of October to the beginning of November. First Alabama, he had six catches, two hundred and seven yards, and five touchdowns. That's a good team he played against. Uh, Tennessee Martin, not so good. Seven catches, one seventy four and two. Versus Kentucky, he had five for 138 and two. These are consecutive games, mind you. Mm-hmm. Versus Georgia, he had six for 63. And versus Missouri, he had seven for 146 and a touchdown. Finished the season with Missouri had a great defense over 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. So, and when did wide his receiver go out? Uh, Hendon Hooker went out sometime in November. Yeah, it was after that Missouri game, right? Like right he did after. most of his damage with Hendon Hooker. Yeah, so like the end of the season, you can you kind of can blame that on like missing yeah. your your quarterback. He was he was there for all of those games. For he, all those he, games he's what made Tennessee go this year, right? And they had that quarterback wide receiver combination. Go ahead, uh, and so, he's over six feet. So you have the Chiefs going wide receiver, even potentially to the point of trading up to get a wide receiver. That's how big of a of an important because they wouldn't have to jump too far. I don't think six picks, maybe. So wide receiver is interesting because there is no Drake London. There is no Garrett Wilson. I, there might not be a wide receiver taken in the top 10 of this draft. Quentin Johnson will be close. From TCU. Uh, Jackson Smith and Igbo will be real close as well. Would have uh, been. Jordan Addison, yeah. another Blitnikoff guy from the year before when he was at Pitt, could be top 15. And then once you go top 15, then it's – I don't think Hyatt's in the top 15 at this point. Uh, by the way, since you since you kind of you mentioned it, but then you the, ran away from it, let's go back. Let's marinate on this a little bit. Mm. Is this still the one question? You said, no, it's a different question. You said the words character concerns. When I say the words character concerns, what does that mean to you? The podcast. What podcast? The uh, podcast with me and you and, and Ocero. It's going to lead into the show. Once we do podcasts, we'll put it out every week so everybody can dive into it and listen to it on the toilet, wherever you want to listen to it. See, I was I did not know that we were making this pub that we could make a formal announcement. Well, I, today. It's on the website. It if is on the website. website. If it's on the website, it's fair game, yeah, I think. The internet's always right. It's on our website, it's on six ten. So it says I'm six one. So we've got What's that? Internet says I'm six one. I'm not. Where are you? Like right at six. Are you? Mm-hmm. I well, think. I'm not six nine either. Do you think that there's any other position other than wide receiver that would be worth moving up for if you're the Chiefs? Ah, damn it, Binkley. Uh, defensive line. I would say offensive line, but I don't know who you're going to have to Because jump. defensive line is still the number one position of need, it right? It is. It's also the number one position in the draft this year. 
Are they trading Chris Jones? I personally don't think so, but he's you're 30, not going to get a guy like Jalen Carter who's probably going to go number one overall uh, at defensive line from Georgia. But Breesy from Tennessee could be a guy. But that is the, the single most loaded position group in this year's draft is defensive line. So, yeah, there's a chance in the second round you get it one, third round, whatever. It's going to be a loaded. It's two years in a row. It's going to be a loaded class to get a defensive lineman. But, again, the interior offensive line, offensive tackles are kind of where the wide receivers are, probably the sixth or seventh best. Uh, and running backs a little bit ahead of uh, wide receivers this year, believe it or not. So, it's, last year they they stayed put and got George Karloftis. Yeah. Could they do that again? Like, is there a potential of getting a day one starter at the very end of the first round at that position? <sighs> Maybe. Hey. I don't know. I mean, I, I spent all that time looking at the last couple of years and where guys were drafted. Remember, like, it was like top 12 was like, what, 65% of them, something like that. Then mm-hmm. you get about 10% that were beyond that. Then when you got outside of the first round, it was very limited to, to less than 10%. But I just don't know how you're going to get. I just don't know. Like a Tyree Wilson, somebody like that at a Texas Tech would be the ultimate guy uh, to grab, but I don't see him. I don't see him. Uh, Grabbing that, but they could. I mean, that, that is position, and you know, give credit to Steve Spagnuolo. What do you see? Find a way to uh, in, 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 to get uh, to get to twenty four more sacks this year than he did last year. Rely on Karloftis and in in Chanel getting the sack, and Nick Bolton getting the sack, and Legereus Sneed getting nickel sacks. How many uh, picks did the Chiefs have this year? Well, it's going to be around eleven. It's nine right now. It's going to be anywhere from eleven to twelve. Okay. But I assume when they go drafting, it'll be eleven. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to hang on to all those, though. No, they, they never do. You always think they're going to, and they don't. But they took ten last year and kept them. Do you like my theory what the Chiefs do? Because I feel like their team is pretty well loaded, and I think in two years, I feel like you have to trade all your draft picks to a top five team picking so that you can take Brock Bowers and let him be the <laughs> successor to Travis Kelsey. Because who do you think has? A brighter future in the NFL. Brock Bowers or Marvin Harrison Jr. the second? I think it's just Marvin Harrison Jr. I think so. But I don't like know, the man. Brock Bowers, is, Brock Bowers is going to be a complete stud who could play on the outside and yeah. play tight end, play wide receiver. He's basically Travis Kelsey. I will say this, though. Darnell Washington's coming from Georgia, the same place as Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. And he's looked as a top three tight end in the NFL. Tight ends are actually pretty loaded. Because that's Luke actually, Musgrave yeah. at Oregon State. Another guy could be at the end of the first round. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, I think, goes a lot earlier from Utah, probably like 15 to 20, something like that. But tight ends, and Michael Mayer, you're not going to get him from Notre Dame. He's going to be way gone uh, by then. But the tight end class is pretty damn good, too. When does that – is that where Noah Gray is? Is he the next guy to fill in, or is that just kind of like – He's here for the for a short time, but is there like when do you start literally having that serious conversation of when do you start to kind of let Travis Kelsey do what Alex Smith did to Patrick Mahomes? Well, I've been saying that like even last year, going back, where you got to mm-hmm. have somebody like waiting. And if you think Noah Gray's that guy, he catches the football. The blocking's getting better with Noah Gray. Okay. Um, still not a real physical, imposing guy uh, for that running game for tight end, but. Uh, but man, he was the big piece for the Chiefs this year. Big time is that is that backup piece for him. But uh, yeah, eventually we kind of take it for granted how good Kelsey's been, and yeah. that he's going to play every single game. Because there was that Bengals game, he would it was a game time decision before he went even went in and played it. Man, did they need him in that game? But uh, but tight end is definitely what they like. Are you sticking around for another one? Or you got to go. No, Doesn't want to be. I'll stick around because we have a meeting at two. Dusty, see, this is the same thing that you did about the golf tournament. You ask him on the air, mm-hmm. so he kind of has to say yes. 
Oh, you like basically play him into his role? You got, you I brought got donut more done? sticks. Yeah, you we got, got some got more done? There's three guys, three donut sticks. Sounds like a good show title. Okay, because coming up next, I want to throw some. <laughs> I want to throw some. Let's move past it. Be professional. Okay, yep. I want to throw okay. some dream scenarios, some dream draft scenarios at you, and I want you to tell us how plausible you think they are. We got Jay Binkley in studio. Half an hour left here on Cody and Gold with Dusty Likens, Jeb Marshall. I'm Nick Schwartz, six ten Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Jay Binkley in studio with us here on Cody and Gold 610 Sports Radio. I am Nick Schwert. Dusty Likens hosting with me. Jed Marshall producing this thing. We were just talking some NFL draft with Bink on the other side. And I I know that this is the time of year when you start to get up. We, we get really overzealous with the draft crushes. And we always think that everybody is obtainable. Just trade up, right? Just trade up. Package a few picks together. Go get your guy, right? Trade up into the top 15. Best available player. Oh, you're a trust the board type of guy. Big time. Big trust the board type of guy. You know, one thing. Works in fantasy football. I do think that that is the sign of a well-run organization is not making emotional decisions, not going after the big studs, not not becoming enamored with one guy to the point that you would do anything to go up and get them. I thought it was interesting with the when because Beach was on with McAfee for like 30 minutes last week. I heard it was great. It, it was, and I cut some stuff up for when the draft philosophy. And what they look for uh-huh. as far as the versatility look for. Which he's they, not saying anything. They want a guy playing that can play a wide receiver on the inside and outside. And he basically spelled it out and said, listen, we, we break it down for two or three guys. Uh-huh. And then you show coach. Coach Reed gets the pick. He watches the film, and he makes the selection between those two or three. I thought that was interesting that they kind of weed out some of the guys that they want and don't want and then put that forth uh, to Andy Reed to make that decision. And also there's good stuff. He did, in the Trey Smith, the whole deal with Trey Smith about how they – Usually they send it to their their team doctors and they waited and waited and waited because sometimes they just move a guy like that off the board mm-hmm. with health concerns or anything and they didn't in that case. But it's really interesting kind of the draft philosophy that he and uh, Andy Reid have. Okay, before I even present to you my my dream scenario, I want you to just tell me which positions are on the board figuratively. Oh, okay. That was a long question. Which positions? How do you mean? I've been talking for like ten seconds. Anyways, you just pause really hard after which positions. <laughs> which positions are actually realistic that the Chiefs could select in the first round? Wide receiver one. I think defensive line two. I don't think that unless they trade up, they'll get an outside tackle in that situation. I think they're pretty happy at cornerback right now. 
safety are probably losing Thornhill this year. Where they want to pair somebody back there with you know with Justin Reed and and with uh, and with Brian Cook. Safety people pretty, keep yeah because people keep saying Brian but Cook. But you need three safety. You need three safety. I'm not doing a first round safety. Okay. I'm not doing a first round safety uh, this year. So we have maybe pass rusher, uh, defensive line, kind of all include those together. But exterior uh, exterior and interior defensive line, definitely wide receiver, possibly even tight end. So I love the idea of adding tight ends. I love the idea of continuing to crush teams over the middle. Think about how the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes diced up the Eagles defense in between the hashes. I love the idea. I know you said Michael Meyer of Notre Dame is probably going to be gone by the time that the Chiefs are selecting right now. They're at 31st. 31st. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, guy like you him. mentioned, is really interesting as well. I, I think maybe top fifteen, top fifteen to twenty for Kincaid. I think he's he's probably in that category. But yeah, tight end. This team loves to use him. Um, they really uh, shred cover two right there in the middle when you're getting these kind of uh, uh, tight ends that they have and have have so much success. I mean, look at Travis Kelsey. The fact that he's been so good, but yet he's public enemy number one. Everybody says it. You got to stop Kelsey, and they never do because the guy's just that good. And yeah, tight end, that's fine. I know they like Jody Fortson and other guys that they've had, you know, playing a tight end. They've done good. I mean, Noah Gray and things like that. But Luke Musgrave, another guy to watch from Oregon State, could be there when they're selecting. He has like, he has like 20 catches in his career. Guy can't stay healthy. They project. I mean, seriously, man. Seriously. Well, you have Jaquil Billingsley at Texas could be there. He will be there. Probably a second rounder, but. I think health has to be a big one, right? You have. Kadarius Tony basically on a rookie. Well, you do have on a rookie deal. You have you have team control for the next three years, including this one and two more. His health was kind of a concern the entire time he was with the Chiefs. But when he was with the, when he was playing, he was a threat. Touchdown in the in the Super Bowl. He had the the longest what punt return in Super Bowl history. He just kind of gives people that sort of thing. So I feel like if you are going to go receiver, you do have to go what big sturdy guy. Or are you looking for like a, a dynamic guy that has a lot of speed? Like, what is it that, that Patrick Mahomes necessarily needs at wide receiver? Well, I, I do feel that they need that guy like Juju. And mm-hmm. I think Sammy Watkins provided that kind of tough guy, tough guy enforcer type role. Run the parallel wide receiver. with Kelsey. And I think Juju, that's why they wanted Juju so bad uh, the year before when they made that hardcore press and Andy Reid's texting Juju mm-hmm. to try to get him here at uh, in Kansas City. I think that's something they really like. It's something they really value. Mm-hmm. Um, the tough wide receiver, definitely. I like... You know, Juju sits about six foot, six one, plays a lot bigger than that. Yeah. The one thing they don't really have in the arsenal is that taller receiver that can really run. That's why I wanted Christian Watson so bad because he's six four and runs a four three seven. I just thought that would be handling two birds with one stone. You get the height and you get speed that he possesses. Do you think Veach goes out and like gives a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins or a, a Michael Thomas or hell, I guess we'll start that conversation again. Odell Beckham Jr. or is it not really his type of bag? I mean, I'm not saying it's not his type of bag. I think that anybody you bring in here, you can acclimate him to him. But I think a lot of times you also see what Patrick Mahomes can do with not great receivers. Mm-hmm. Remember what he did with Albert Wilson in just that one game against the Broncos? I watched what he did all year this year. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> took Albert Wilson getting paid. Now he's in the back of the milk carton. I mean, that's, that's what he does with players. But I look at these great quarterbacks, and you got to think, you know, they did have good receivers. Yes, they elevate the talent around them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Jacob Tammy, Brandon Stokely, all those guys get elevated with Peyton Manning. But he also had Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. You know, Dan and Marino Dallas had Clark. Duper and Clayton. Yeah, it's great. John Taylor and Jerry Rice yeah. um, with Joe Montana. Then with Steve Young later, you had Troll Owens. 
and all of them had good receivers. You can make a case that Tom Brady early on didn't, and then he did with Randy Moss, but never won a Super Bowl ring with Randy Moss. He did go undefeated with him that year, but then they lost in the Super Bowl with him and Welker. But having good quality receivers, it's something I feel they need. They lost it with Tyreek Hill. They need that solid go-to wide receiver, good complement on the outside. But if you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, Yes, he can elevate talent around him, but do you really want him to work that hard every game? It, right. Well, I mean, because of the, it, it's kind of a gimmicky offense, too, mm. when you really think about it. But don't so. you want Joe Burrow to have, like, T. Higgins and Jamar <laughs> Chase and all the other gimmicks? But don't you want, like, what Joe Burrow has and Boyd and, sure. and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase? Imagine, just imagine what Patrick Mahomes would have done with A.J. Brown but and Devontae yeah, Smith. But I think you understand why maybe a lot of Chiefs fans have sort of shifted the idea that you don't need a great wide receiver because you lost Tyree kill and your offense got better. But to your point, I don't think Brett Veach lives in absolutes. He doesn't look at one season of a really successful offense without a number one and say, well, we never need a number one. Now yeah. he's still going to go after as much talent on offense. Yeah, as you have a quarterback. Can. You got to supply Pedro Mahomes weapons. Always thought about that. That, that is the key. Well, to that your was football always the team. problem in green Bay. You had the best quarterback of the time and, and they you didn't refused to give him any weapons outside of the Adams. Yeah. Yep. But that, that's how you that's how you keep quarterbacks happy. Keep giving them weapons, <laughs> supplying weapons. Look at Peyton Manning. Always had happy. weapons, whether he's in Denver or Indy. Always had offensive weapons. And uh, I feel that Patrick Mahomes, you can't expect him to play miracle worker each and every game. Make his life a little easier. Because he likes to just let player receivers do what they do. He lets them just get open and yards after catch. Yeah. And get open and go down. Because, you know, getting open is a huge thing. That's why you have to check down so much. He runs out of the pocket. Receivers need to find a way to get open. How many? Okay, so... They have to go offense, right? First two picks. I wouldn't. I mean, I know that they, and it necessarily doesn't have to be like the, the most dynamic pick where it's like, oh, they got this guy. They moved up for a, you know, a top 10, but they went defense last year. Heavy defense. Heavy. Like what? Six guys started on this defense out of the draft last four year. Four in the Super Bowl and just on the back end. That's including Karloftis up front. They right. had eight guys playing and contributing. Right. And the thing is, is that that defense can, can, I think be a top five defense in the league. Well, they were 11th of, this year. I mean, it's because of their youth. They got better as the season went on. They've got a linebacking core. Now, Chris Jones is a big question. I don't know what Frank Clark does, but you'd have to think that Karloftis gets better. Trent McDuffie is definitely going to get better. And Brian Cook is young. So you think the defense is set for Mahomes. And we've always said, you and I at least have always said, give Patrick Mahomes a top 10 defense and let the rest just write itself. And now it's like, you have a top ten defense, eleven, whatever you want to call it. They were it. like sixteen in the scoring, so right. I get it. That so you want does count, and a lot of that was early on. But you give Patrick Mahomes a top ten overall defense. Now it's time to give the Chiefs a top five overall offense, and then what? You're looking at running it back, maybe more than just back to back. You could win, you know, multiple Super Bowls in the next five. Because if you don't, then you're counting on Travis Kelsey being the elite player that he's been. He's seven straight years of a thousand yards. That's going. No to one's stop. even sniffed. Greg Olson had three straight. That was it. But he's about to put double on anybody. Find me else. Anybody else in the NFL that's doubled up their nearest competitor. Tony Gonzalez he had four one thousand yard years. Right. Weren't consecutive. But Jason Witten four. Gronk four. But they weren't consecutive. She had right. a sharp three, non consecutive, and. So, yeah, you're counting on Travis Kelsey giving this production, right, Dusty? Yeah. So that's why you got to have somebody else, a uh, playmaking ability, step up. Because you can't count on that forever. Oh, no. Man. Do you think that the Chiefs can be a little more risky with their moves this offseason, knowing that you batted 1,000 last year? 
I think so. so. What do you think that looks like? I think so, because everything you're doing is touching the gold. I mean, even even some of these trades they made in previous years, and they flipped Parker Inger for Javarius Ward and becomes a corner, gets a contra- big contract with the 49ers this year. You make a shrewd move for Orlando Brown, but yet pick 58 comes with him. People forget about that. That turned into Nick Bolton, who was second in the NFL in tackles this year. So what they've done is right. They've done good contracts. Um, they've traded well. Um, they've drafted well. I can't think of anything else they've done. Yeah, they, they've earned enough cred to uh, be a little risky. Yeah, but what do you think that looks like? Being What, what is being risky? Well, last year, the Tyree Kill thing was a big risk. Yeah, it was. But so, it, but it was paid not- off. But it wasn't a financial risk, right? There's different they types, draft picks. There's different type of risks, right? Like, do you think like this offseason would giving Juju Smith Schuster a contract extension would that be a risk in your mind? I think so a little bit. It kind of goes outside of what the realm is, because what are you gonna pay him? And what what do you say, okay, Juju, you're worth this, even though the injuries have mounted up the last couple of years. You know, not being out there. Do you really want to pay Juju all that money when Juju's going to hit the open market? And you see what goes on. Last year, the wide receiver market just went completely bananas. Thanks to Christian Kirk. And, uh, yeah. And Devontae, and Devontae Adams. Adams. Well, actually, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill kind of in, in Christian Kirk really just mm-hmm. blew the whole market uh, where teams really couldn't compete with it anymore. And they forced them all, forced their hands, forced Brett Beach's hand and what he was going to do with Tyree Kill. Um, I wouldn't. When you have a quarterback like Mahomes, you have an offensive system uh, like that they have. And I feel that they can get good talent in the draft. And who knows? Maybe Sky Moore takes that step up from last season. Maybe they can find a way to bring in Justin Watson again as an ancillary piece uh, with this offense. What do you think about this? What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching. And he has nothing to do with the pass game at all. Right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film or practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You think Shady McCoy's still yeah. butthurt because yeah, the enemy told him to hold on to the damn football? You lose all credibility when you bring up Brian Dable. Okay. Let's say he did a great job with Josh Young. <laughs> no, no, seriously. What is the worst year, Dusty? Very, any franchise, Nick, too. Any franchise in Kansas City history, Royals or Chief, what is the worst year for any team? 2012? 2012 Chiefs, in my opinion. They, oh, did, not, they oh, did, yeah. not have a lead. did not have a lead nine weeks in the season. They were getting compared, compared to the 1927 Buffalo Bison. You know who the offensive coordinator was? Brian Dable. Mm. So don't, don't mention Brian Dable. I don't want to hear it because he had a chance at Kansas City, and they got the first pick in the draft when he was in the offensive coordinator. So I don't want to hear that. Jamal Charles uh, defended EB. He did. Four 1,000-yard seasons under him. He's been an incredible running backs coach. Said he was like a father to him. But, but, you, but you have the whole culture of the Chiefs. Not mention, you know, the little famous corn dog play the Chiefs ran? Mm. You know why they got that? The Chiefs credited Eric Bieniemy for watching film of Philadelphia saying, you know what? They're not chasing our receivers when they're going in motion. And it was Eric Bieniemy that came up with that play. So add that in, Shady McCoy. Add that part into the passing game because that was the passing game that contributed two touchdowns for the Kansas City the Chiefs. The other thing that's great is that, like, that is one of the best situations for a guy who is a running back heavy coach because they have a two-headed monster. 
They have Brian Robinson and they have Antonio Gibson back there. Now they have Scary Terry, but I mean, you give an Eric Bieniemy who's a running back, you know, coach, and a quarterback that and needs to have a running game, and and it develops everything. Yeah, Lashawn McCoy reminds me of a friend that got told not to do something at his at another friend's house, and now he thinks that that friend is somebody that he just doesn't trust. I, I used to see all these these things, even Gannon going to Arizona tweeted. and doing silly stuff. Yes, and they all stamp. I mean, from Tyree Kill to uh, I didn't see what he said. What did he say? I didn't, I didn't see what he was Tyree Kill said uh, EB told Shady to hold on to the damn ball, basically, yeah, and he doesn't like to it. Tuck okay. that, to tuck the damn ball. Yeah, well, he's also been with Andy Reid every single second that he was in Kansas City. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that played in the Super Bowl with the Chargers. Tyree said Shady mad EB told him tuck that ball. Yeah. Crying right. emoji. But he, but he learned. <laughs> it just had to seep in what the Chiefs do offensively. Nobody knows Mahomes and Andy Reid better than Eric the Enemy that was on the open market for a coach. And you tell me who the hottest two names in the NFL are right now is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And this was a guy that worked under him every single second that he was in like, Kansas City. What if they like? What if Washington does have a good offense next year? Then what? Then they're going to get rid of Rivera, and he's the new head coach. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think's more likely to be a head coach first, or again? Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy? Is Mike Kafka a choice? No. Because that's the one I used to argue about no, people with. I'd say Kafka's going to be a head Nagy's coach. Nagy's probably going to be the OC. I think, I think, I think be, <clears throat> it's hard to say because I think Andy Reid coaches longer than Rivera. So I think the opportunities, if, if he be as a top 15 offense, I could see him getting his chance as a head coach. I think Nagy's going to have to wait for Andy Reid. I don't see How Andy Reid stepping How many years do you have Andy Reid? Four or five more probably. Okay. What if he wins back-to-back? Then he won another one. Why wouldn't he? He's got Petra Mahomes. Like Andy Reid's been all about quarterbacks his whole life. That's why he selected Petra Mahomes. It wasn't Veach. It wasn't Dorsey. It wasn't Andy, it, was Pet, it was Andy Reid that selected Mahomes. And he's got his guy. He can go down as the quarterback whisperer now because that's what everybody thought about him. Then he gets his chance. Because he got as much as he could with Alex Smith, right? He got mm-hmm. everything he could from Alex Smith but except for playoff wins. And now he has a gimmicky offense with a gimmicky quarterback. Yeah, but he got everything he wanted from Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. He was a serviceable quarterback, but uh, I think with Mahomes, why would you go away from that? Do you think add that, rings? Do you think there's a chance that Matt Nagy could be the, like the coach in waiting or the successor to Andy Reid? He is. Could be. I could see it happening. Uh, I could see it Does happening. Scare you at all? Well, the players, well, the players are like him. Matt Nagy's a, <laughs> you know, the guy can't coach. Any guy played. He was getting house on the parade with all the players. Yeah, too. I don't, I don't care what he did, but yeah, that earns respect from the players when you do stuff like yeah. that. But when he went to the playoffs twice with Mitch Trubisky, come on, man. That that I give you get that I give you some some awards you, for that. And he was coach of the year, but he went to the playoffs with freaking Mitch Trubisky. Right, and one coach of the year. Yes, um, Trubisky. So I ask you this because there's been a lot of soft talk lately. Mm. Are you? We I got you, called soft today, big time, and we got called fanboys with a Z, like boys, because um, <laughs> he's from SoCal and he's you know whatever. Um, are you upset? That people were upset that the Chiefs were getting tanked at the parade? Yeah, I think it's a joke. And I don't think it's the majority of the people. No, I think it's, I think a, it's very, a few. very small yeah. percentage of the people. Isn't that what it's you're like supposed you, to you do? send 10 people to a restaurant, and if two people don't like it, they're going to blow up. They it hate happens it. all the time, but eight man. will like a restaurant. You know, Dusty yeah, it very well. It happens all the time. We'll have like a, 
We'll have a four and a half star review at our restaurant, and then we'll have like a lineup where they're like, "What the hell do you, you think is going to happen?" <laughs> they didn't like their brisket. This is what players like, do. They get really? lit at parades. Watch Tom Brady last year or a couple years ago in the Buccaneers. This is what players out. do. Yeah. They, you know what? They, they work their ass off all year. They bring us all this pride and joy in our community by winning a Super Bowl and putting Kansas City uh, continually on the map. Let them have their one day of I fun. Was, if you know what you don't like it, don't yeah, watch it. I Go was, home and don't watch it on TV. Just stay away if that's what your problem is. I think they're more upset with and how also, they were And also, don't make athletes your, your heroes for your kids. That's yeah. law enforcement. That's doctors. That's nurses. They're the firemen. Those are the heroes for your kids, not these players. The parents need to teach this because if they don't, they're dumb. Yeah, I mean, they damn near broke their bodies for 23 yeah. weeks and let them have a let them chug a Coors Light. Let them have some fun, man. I mean, if anything, right to the star about how mad you were they were underthrowing beers to your friends. And they still have good, good speeches even <laughs> for the beer. It's hard to do. How many beers are you taking down at a parade? If I was in the parade, Mm -hmm. I don't know. More than 20, probably. More than 20, probably. 33 is the record. Wade Boggs? Nah, I can't do Boggs. (laughs) And by the way, big game for K-State tonight, hosting Baylor. One Mm. and done night. There you go. Good. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock, K-State, KU, Mizzou, John Kurtz, myself, CDOT, three hours of college basketball for you sickos out there. And then Vern's Hot Soap comes back 6 o'clock Thursday. That's right, man. I've been... Burns down there. Then Dusty Friday night. Surprise yeah, there is Things are happening. Character Concerns Podcast. No days off, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, mm-hmm. thanks to Jay Binkley and that other guy we had on today. Thanks to Jed Marshall, Dusty Likens. Thanks to you for listening. C Dot and Rob on the drive coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.